Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around this beautiful planet of ours. It's midday madness time, so if you're joining us for the first time, uh, you call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. The number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The next couple of hours are yours. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to chat about, jump on the open line. We'll take your calls and give you a chance to talk about the stuff that's moved you enough to pick up your phone and dial. That number, which is brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. So the open line is open, one 736 736 Alan's already on it, so Alan, I'm coming to you shortly. Um, the 40 minutes temper text is up and running as well if you want to send through a text, 0433 I'll read a heap of your texts out during the course of the program. 0433981116 for 40 Winks and Temper. Temper Consumer's Choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. Plenty to come later on in the program once we take a heap of your calls. David King is having a look at North Melbourne's match practice today. We'll have a chat to the two-time North Melbourne Premiership star and our track watch extraordinaire. So looking forward to finding out what Kingy has to say about the different practice sessions he's been visiting this week including today. Chris Newman's also going to join me later. Former Richmond captain turned Hawthorne assistant, coached Box Hill for a couple of years. We'll find out from Chris Newman a little bit later on who Hawthorne might be playing in the pre-season. We found out a few of the matchups. Adelaide against the West Coast in Perth, we were told, um, by uh, Tyler Brown a couple of days ago. Uh, we were told um, that Geelong and Brisbane are going to play in Brisbane. Looks like St Kilda are going to play either Essendon or Melbourne at RSEA in Moorabbin, which is going to be a blockbuster there. Uh, the AFL's fixture for the Community Series games, the one-off Community Series games, still not out officially, and I'm told it might not even be out officially until this time next week, if not the week after, after the Australian Open. But uh, the clubs know, so hopefully we'll find out from Chris who Hawthorne might have on their agenda and who might be their next captain. Is it James Sicily? And uh, find out about... Well, I think his new, new portfolio is the forwards, so who might start in their forward line and how Hawthorne's shaping up. Under Sam Mitchell, who's got a new group, his group, and they're going to obviously play against this Sam Mitchell style, this attacking, take-it-on kind of style in 2023, which is exciting. Obviously, the tennis is on everyone's lips. Your thoughts on it? We'll take as many calls and texts as you like. Uh, I often get criticised on this show, and you, the callers and texters, get criticised by other callers and texters for trying to alter the rules of sports Rules made by more learned officials. But here we go again. Uh, last night we had arguably the best match of the Australian Open. Tanasi Kokonakis, Andy Murray epic, in which the old Andy Murray with a titanium hip came from two sets to love down to winning five. After four o'clock in the morning, it finished. Australian Open boss Craig Tiley said this morning that there is no need to look at the scheduling. It was fine. That's tennis. 
and that's the Australian Open. He defended it this morning, so it ain't changing. Um, there have been a few that have criticised it. Uh, learned people like Martina Navratilova did criticise it, talking about player welfare and it needs changing. You shouldn't have matches finishing at four in the morning. Uh, player welfare-wise is one thing. But the other thing is, what a waste. In a tournament with Channel 9 having a ratings nightmare, um, there's no Federer, there's no Kyrgios, there's no Ash Barty, there's no Serena, there's no Nadal now. It's been a nightmare, beaten by the Big Bash. Epic dramas are what Channel 9 and Tennis Australia need to draw eyeballs. They had an epic and they wasted it. It was on midnight to 4am. To me, that's crazy, but what do you think? one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the open line number. It's not crazy to Craig Tyler. He defended it. And also not to our tennis expert, Brett Phillips, who also defended it on SEN Breakfast this morning, saying it's rare, it's one of the unique things of tennis, and it adds theatre. Here's Brett Phillips this morning. Thing is, so it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen all the time. Uh, but the tennis, yeah, certainly with the Australian Open and the US Opens, with the day and night sessions, and the French have you know brought in the night sessions the last uh, year or so, and, and Wimbledon is sort of the more civilised hours when you go and cover the tournament. But I mean, these things are, are not a regular occurrence. It is difficult. I mean, do you start the day? Uh, earlier at 10 o'clock instead of 11 that might help uh, the cause I mean yeah it's just it's just the way tennis rolls um, you know the day session will have a, a start time the night session has a start time anything after that is is in the lap of the gods really so it's uh, it's not it's not common um, but there's a bit of theatre to it I mean I know Ivan Lubacic mm. who played on the tour obviously coached um, Federer for a big chunk of you know the, the back end of his career at least over in Europe, so he said, bring it on. I mean, the European audience would have been massive uh, last night uh, tuning in. You know, it's, it's just part of it's part of tennis. It is the unique part of tennis in that uh, there's no definitive end time <laughs> to a game of tennis, which uh, is, so, is so different to other sports. So if it was happening every single day, absolutely, you could uh, make a, came, uh, a case for it. But, you know, it's just one of those occurrences that happened and we'll dust ourselves off and go again. So that's Brett Phillips defending it today. I think it was a waste. I think the whole of Australia would have tuned into and stayed with Kokonakis had it been played at a reasonably scheduled time, you know, 7pm, 6pm, 8pm start. Um, I think Channel 9 and Tennis Australia, and tennis in Australia in general, needed an epic. But anyway, your thoughts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And Alan on the road is first up. Alan, welcome to you. G'day, mate. Uh, before I have a long lead and, and have a crack at the scheduling... I wanted to say Brett Flips has to um, support City Hall. I mean, I mean he can he can go against us. They they did the wrong thing. And just in relation to Hawthorne, I think they're going to use Jekka and Lewis and Kazitsky as the three talls rotator ah. and have the you know Bruce, uh, uh, what's his name, Wingard and one of the uh, rotating uh, midfielders. I think that's from what I hear. Um, Jekka will be moving to the forward line. Anyway, I just want to say something. Um, I don't think any other Grand Slam, if they had a number one player, because our best player right now, although it's uh, Dimino, but Kokonak uh, has done so well, especially with Adelaide. I don't even understand why he wouldn't have been ahead of uh, uh, Poprin. He should have been the showpiece at 7 o'clock, and, because I think that did him in. I mean, you, you're a professional athlete, and you played night games, right? You cannot go to bed um, at 2 o'clock and have a nap. I bet you he was up all day. And by the time he comes on court, he's already been up 10, 12, 14 hours. I think 
had he been on a, on a proper timeline, he would have easily had his three sets. And this this thing about scheduling, they should have put those three setters early, like ladies' games, and then put one of the guys or the two of the guys at nighttime. It's just too late. Listen, I, I would have liked to stay down and watch it, but by the time I finished with uh, Demon, it was just way too late. And then you had to switch between the two channels. I think the whole thing was just done incorrectly. They're going to look at this again. There's no way you can turn up at 10, 11 o'clock and play a five-hour match and, and, and try to perform. I mean, he's already yeah, up Alan, 19 hours in a day. Alan, I agree with you with everything except for the fact that I also think it's even for both Andy Murray and Tanasi Kokonakis. Andy Murray was coming off a, an epic, uh, grueling five-setter as well heading into this match, but it's probably going to cost Andy Murray in his next match. That's the issue now for Andy Murray. What's the four o'clock finish going to do for Andy Murray's chances of actually winning his next round? It's going to knock him around that much. So for player welfare in terms of advancing through the tournament, if you get cooked like this, is it going to cook your tournament? So, yeah, I agree with you up to the point of it being equal for the two. And I think Andy Murray's intestinal fortitude was just so good last night. You might be right. I mean, Tanasi Kokonakis had him on the canvas. Just couldn't put him away, unfortunately, for Tanasi. And maybe the timing and just the, the, the nature of, you know, the experience of Andy Murray to be able to, pull out all stops at that time of morning with his experience, maybe held him in better stead. Hey, hold the line. We've got a Signet Boost Power Bank coming your way. Great to have Signet back on board for 2023 and their Power Boost for your phone is something that, uh, if you haven't got one, they are well worth grabbing. Uh, hold the line, Alan. We'll let you know how to get it to you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you've got a thought on the scheduling. A couple of texts that have come through. Um, please don't waste hours talking about the start times of the tennis Last night was a fantastic match. Old Murray was incredible. Um, well, at least you got, at least you stayed up and watched it. The whole of Australia would have stayed up and watched it and be talking about it right now about tennis and the beautiful nature of tennis and tennis is back. We don't need Kyrgios, all that kind of stuff today. If the whole of the nation had seen it, another one here. Start the evening session at five with the main match to kick off no earlier than seven p.m. You can use Margaret Court and John Kane Moore. In the second week, keep your calls coming. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a heap to give away as well in the opening half an hour of the program. So straight back to your calls for midday madness next. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Straight back to your calls for Midday Madness and your text. David King to join us after one. Chris Newman, also former Richmond captain and uh, Hawthorne assistant, is going to join us later as well to give us the latest on the horse. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, G'day, Dwayne. Not sure what everyone's complaining about. The game finished at 1am over here in the West. Perfect timing. Paul from Willard. Uh, nice text, Paul. I forgot about you guys probably having it in your perfect time zone. Uh, Craig Tiley does need to think about Tennis players' mental health. Thanks for that. Um, last night was a great advertisement for Melbourne, beamed into international markets, and I get that. It would have been on it or pipe. It was all about TV ratings. It finished at 12 p.m. in the USA and about 5 p.m. in Europe. Daryl in Reservoir. So for that reason, yeah, in the UK, it was on in the afternoon. It was probably perfect scheduling, but for all the Australian audience, which is pretty much what we talk to on this program, um, I'm not sure it was. Good scheduling. Anyway, there's other opinions. One here from Aaron in Swan Hill. A wasted epic. Turn it up, pipe. Two unseated players going head-to-head. There's no doubt that Craig Tiley would have known it was going to go five sets in over five hours. 
have a think about it. Uh, so there are a few that um, of the belief that it wasn't a wasted epic. Sean in Brighton, welcome to you, Sean. You got a thought? Good day, Pipe. Um, I'm just. I just think the, talking about the scheduling uh, of yesterday is really a waste of time. You had three games on Margaret Court during the day that two women's matches that went the distance and then a tight four-set men's match, which obviously took the night session to start after scheduled at 7pm. Um, and, yeah, look, if Kokonaka served it out, no one would be even talking about this today. He had it on his racket. So I just think it's a waste of time. People saying that Craig Tiley got it wrong with the scheduling. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I think I think they did. I think they had a... A great match to drag eyeballs across to the tennis from the Big Bash. Channel 9's been screaming out for something like this. Now, you didn't know if, if Kokonakis was going to beat Andy Murray in three. Maybe that's what they thought it would be. It wouldn't be the five-set epic come from behind, two sets to love down Andy Murray performance that we got. But, you know, the, the Australian Open needs drama. It doesn't have Federer. It doesn't have Kyrgios. It doesn't have Barty. It doesn't have Serena. It doesn't have Nadal now. You need drama, and they had an opportunity to have drama primetime last night. Now, it might have been a primetime audience in other parts of the world. That's great. But for the Australian audience, which is pretty much us, um, they had drama up for grabs for their use last night, and I think they wasted it. But as you said, it could have been over in three, and we wouldn't be talking about it. But that's the, that's the if of sport. I mean, sometimes you've got to get your scheduling right just in case it ends up being the great match that we talk about from the Australian Open for years to come. Now... How many people are going to talk about this one? If we'd have watched it, um, we would have been talking about it a lot today in such a positive mind frame. But I appreciate your call, Sean, and just because your opinion is different to mine doesn't mean I can't give you a round of golf for two down at St Andrews Beach Golf Course. Uh, you and uh, a mate at the magnificent St Andrews Beach Golf Course valued at $210, so they can head down to St Andrews Beach. Thanks for your call. Uh, Richard in Nary Warren, uh, I know you've got a thought as well on this. Andrew and Nidri, though, first. Welcome to you, Andrew. Thanks for holding. Uh, well, um, thanks, Quine. Quine, um, look, I, I think that uh, your previous calls about the overseas ratings might have had something to do with it, but I reckon we were probably a, a venue short. Um, and, you know, I think that they probably need another another court, another major court. Uh, uh, if, if they're going to start games late in the evening um, and then they can't, and they're saying scheduling and all the and they can't stop the game because it muck up everybody else. Well, I reckon if they put, got another venue, another uh, major court built or you know, semi-court built, I suppose, um, you can trans. You know, you, you play three sets. If it goes over a certain time, um, you stop it and say, "Well, you lot get to come back the next day." If yeah, they, I don't mind they, the comeback they, the next day. I, look, I don't mind the comeback the next day idea. Maybe they do need another court. That's what Craig Tolley continues to advocate for. He wants a, a more enhanced venue and uh, the threat of it going to China or Sydney's going to steal it if we don't get a better venue for the Australian Open. So, look, you might be onto something there, but I think they can. I mean, Wimbledon don't have night sessions. How do they do it? So give them a call. Give Wimbledon a buzz. So how do you actually get this tournament done in 14 days without night sessions? And for years they had a rest day at Wimbledon. So, you know, they get it done without night sessions. Um, so surely we can get it right where you don't cram up three matches. Yeah, Dimonor and Popperin's match was, you know, an epic as well. I and mean, what a brilliant performance that was to beat the eight seed Taylor Fritz. So, you know, they had, they had that opportunity. I appreciate your call though, Andrew. Thanks for jumping on. Richard in Narry Warren as we stick with your calls of Midday Madness. Hello, Richard. 
G'day, Dwayne. Happy New Year and good to talk to you. Um, it occurred to me that um, years ago the Australian Open was played on grass. And I, I think you can kill a game much quicker on grass than you can on this rubberized surface that gives um, maybe not as talented players an opportunity to keep the ball in play. So when you say how did Wimbledon do it, I think mm. the answer is the surface. But the grass makes the game shorter. That's my opinion. Yeah, look, you might have a really good point there. I mean, they have shortened matches from what they were in the old days when you played advantage sets and you'd get, you know, sets one, seventeen, fifteen, etc. So, in theory, matches shouldn't be going as long, but they do go as long, and the rallies go longer because you're right. It is a the hard court does open itself up for rallies. I mean, you know, the the great players of days gone by, a lot of them were serve volleyers and serve volleyed regardless of whether they were playing on grass or hard court. I mean, McEnroe was a serve volleyer, you know, on the hard courts of the U.S. Open. So, you know, we don't we have a lot of baseline rallies. Last night there were a few rallies, especially in the Diminal match, that kept going, you know, 27, 28, 30, 40 um, shots in a rally. So, you know, if you watch the Diminal match last night, you you do realise, okay, well, some of these matches are going long because that's what the surface does provide. So, you make a pretty good point with that, um, and I uh, appreciate you jumping on the line and making your point. Hold hold the line. We got something for you. As well, a Brick Lane Brewing voucher. You've got uh, a Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale voucher coming away, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser. But drink responsibly. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Um, hey, Dwayne, geez, tennis beaten by the Big Bash. That's concerning. Been beaten by a long-winded, predictable, overblown cricket tournament. Um, thanks for that, Mock. Uh, you obviously don't like the Big Bash either, which I do. I think it's been pretty good, but. Last night was a little bit one-sided, so the tennis had a free hit last night. Hi, Dwayne. Let's talk about Popperin. What a great win. George from Blackie South. And you're right. Um, Alexi Popperin's win last night was a classic. It was brilliant. The emotion after he won was superb as well. It was a lot of fun to watch, and just the joy in his face was one of the great parts of this tournament to take away from so far. And another one here. Craig Tiley will never admit anything he's involved in. He's wrong. He's worse than the Fonz. Um... Thanks for that as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen if you'd like to join me. If you didn't hear Alex Popperin and his joy after the win talking to Casey Delacqua on the host broadcaster, here's a little bit of the beauty of that. Popperin prevails. And he's through to the third round in what is the biggest win of his Grand Slam career. Five pulsating sets of tennis, four hours and two minutes. And the young Australian has claimed a big scalp. Great win last night by Alexi Popperin. We'll take a break for news and I'll play a little bit of the interview that he had with Casey Delacqua after it. Back to your calls, though, for more Midday Madness next. Oh, my goodness, Alexi. just incredible how much <laughs> I, I, I know what the answer is going to be but please tell us how much this win means to you particularly in front of this home crowd uh, you guys were just <laughs> 
just incredible. Oh my god, this is crazy, man. I really, I really couldn't have done it without you guys. I was. Oh, this this win is it means so much to me. Um, I had the toughest year last year. Um, didn't win many matches. I've won as many matches this year as I won the whole of last year. Um, so, and it's only January. So. Great emotion post the win by Alexi Popperin and the crowd really getting behind him. Popperin beating Taylor Fritz, the eight seed, if you're unaware, 6-7-7-6-6-4-6-7-6-2. So he advances. The interesting part now is, well, Alex Dimonor also advanced yesterday, so he beat Adrian Minorino, 7-6-4-6-6-4-6-1. So a struggle in the first set uh, and second set, but he really dominated from there on, Alex Dimonor. So Alex Dimonor plays the unseeded Benjamin Bonzi, so that's who his next opponent is. And then maybe Novak Djokovic. Now, Novak Djokovic had a hamstring issue, but won in four sets last night. So Novak is not going as well as we thought he would be going because the hamstring looks like a real issue for him. How far can Novak go? And that's what's on the agenda if Alex Dimonor can get past the unseated Benjamin Bonzi. It's, a, it's opening up for not only Dimonor to be our big marquee of the second week, but... How about this? Alexi Popperin also plays American Ben Shelton next. He could actually meet Dimonor if Dimonor gets past Novak in an all-Aussie semi-final. So we could actually have an Aussie in the final of the Australian Open. If Novak's hamstring isn't good and Dimonor and Popperin both get through to the semis, that would be um, a, a sight to behold and would save, I think, the Australian Open for Channel 9 and make it for Tennis Australia one of the talking points, if not the biggest talking point of the summer, an Aussie in the final. But, yeah, Alexi's got a bit of work to do. That's the best match he's played for a while, as he said. Didn't win a lot last year, but that was the best Alexi Popram we've seen. And he does have American Ben Shelton next. But both unseated players on the agenda for Popram and Dimonor. And no one really knows how bad this Novak Djokovic hamstring is. So what's on today? Quick update Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Stefanos Tsitsipas, the third seat, uh, third seed is up against Talon Grigspor. Yannick Sinner, the 15th seed, up against Martin Vuksovic. And Igor Swiatek, the number one seed in the women's draw, up against Christina Busa. And later, Coco Goff, the seventh seed, will be on, at, on court. Uh, tonight at Rod Laver Arena, Daniel Medvedev, the seventh seed, against Sebastian Korda, the 29th seed. So that's the main match on Rod Laver Arena tonight. Oh, Max Purcell and also Jordan Thompson playing in the doubles, which is something that a lot of Aussies have been talking about. But back to your calls and your texts. Uh, we need to take a break, but a couple of texts first. Um, Dwayne, loving the show, but really, when has Craig Tiley ever said the problem um, to something didn't require more taxpayer dollars? Every single year he has his handout uh, ha- about something. Thanks for that, Dano. Uh, very droll pipe. The BBL gave the tennis a free hit. Laugh out loud. Thanks for that, Brett. Um, BBL is crap pipe. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree on that, G. I've enjoyed it, even though last night I was a little one-sided. Uh, nothing wrong with the scheduling. What an amazing tournament. Uh, keep your text coming through. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. David King to join us after 1 o'clock and just after 2 o'clock, Chris Newman as well, Hawthorne assistant coach. So plenty still to come for Midday Matters and Dwayne's Well. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell.
Always great to have your company for Midday Madness. Let's go straight back to your calls. one 736 is the open line number if you'd like to join me. That's the open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. one 736 Clint in Ballarat. Welcome to you, Clint. Thanks for holding. No worries at all, Dwayne. I just want to say, Grizzly, you're one of the best callers I know and answers, and you call it from, from the hip. You call it how it is. Thank you, Clint. I was going to give you a prize as well, a mystery craft beer bottle. Thanks to Hairy Dog, the largest range of alcohol online delivered, hairydog.com. In fact, I had it uh, with Tomo back in the studio and A-Rod ready to go for you before you gave me the nice little uh, pump-up. So uh, it is coming your way. Hold the line after this call. What do you got for us? Thank you. And also, Dwayne, also, I just reckon the Richmond Footy Club should call the new grandstand the Lady Stand at Punt Road. That's a very nice thought, actually, Clint. It's, uh, it's something that I think that a lot of clubs are now starting to realise, hey, we need to embrace a bit of our women's history at our stadia. I know that Geelong, they've got a new Hall of Fame uh, at Geelong with the redevelopment of the grandstand. They're putting in a, a new Hall of Fame for all Geelong sports stars uh, beneath that grandstand. So a lot of the sports stars that have done fantastic things, female, in other sports that were never played, at GMHBA Stadium or played at Cadinia Park are going to be honoured at GMHBA Stadium, which is going to be fantastic, I think. And I think that um, it's going to be tougher for clubs that have venues that are just based on their club, Richmond itself. But I think there is something that needs to be looked at. And there's some people, and some women have been great contributors to football clubs over time that hopefully do get a chance to get honoured. And women's footy is only going to get bigger, obviously. Some people don't like it, but it's only going to get bigger and better. And if you don't have to, you don't watch it, you don't watch it, that's fine. But there's going to be an opportunity for a lot of these venues to have, you know, an enhanced facility that does cater more for women as well. Nice to have you call, Clint. Hold the line, we've got something for you. Hey, speaking of footy and uh, naming of things, should Geelong retire Joel Selwood's number, 20, number 14? So number 14 has been rested for 2023 at least. So Geelong's decided it's all-time great Joel Selwood will have no one wear his number next year and maybe for a few years beyond it. Um, I'm of the belief that they will rename the road into GMHBA Stadium the Selwood Way, or Selwood Way is what I'm hearing. I think that is at council at the moment, so don't be surprised if you hear something on that, even though you've probably heard it here a month ago already, um, if you hear something happening on that um, in the next couple of weeks. But I think they will rename that road in, which doesn't have a name as it stands right now, between St Mary's Oval and the Netball Courts, Selwood Way. But they're resting number 14. I would have retired Gary Ablett Senior's number five years ago. Uh, There are some that believe there has been jumpers worn in the past that should be retired. You know, some North fans probably think Wayne Carey's number 18 should have been retired. I would have retired Russell Ebert's number seven at Port Adelaide. I think that would have been a nice one to retire. I kind of know Port Adelaide's history and I think to name to retire the jumper number of your greatest of all time I think is a nice thing but it's not a done thing in footy but your thoughts on it one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if there was one person whose jumper you would retire at your club we've got a couple of minutes to play with before David King joins us out out of one o'clock at the North Melbourne practice match today who would you retire or do you just hate the idea of retiring jumpers because Joe Selwood is arguably Geelong's Greatest all-time. Captain, games played. So there is that opportunity for the Cats 
to do that for their greatest of all time at this moment. So should they? Because they're retiring it for 2023 at least. You're with Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. So about your calls and your text for Midday at Madness. Lisa, coming to you first. Geelong has rested Joel Selwood's number 14 for at least a year. No one will wear it next year. I'd be for them retiring it, but it's another topic that uh, does generate um, a little bit of angst with people who hate the retirement of numbers, but I've always been for it. When Port Adelaide asked me, you know, and as an ex-player under Russell Ebert and a teammate of Russell Ebert, what they should do for Russell Ebert last year when he passed away, I said they should simply retire the number seven. But, um, yeah, I, I like the idea. I like the way some of the sports do it and hang those jumper numbers from the rafters like they do in the NBL, the NBA, etc. But, Lisa, you've got a thought on this. Welcome to you, Lisa. Hi, Dwayne. Yes, I do. I'm a Swan supporter, South Melbourne, more to the point. So Bobby Skilton was a champion, and people like you would say, hang up the jumper. But if we had have hung up his jumper, we wouldn't have had the champs of Paul Kelly and Callum Mills. So that, you've got to look at it that way. Yeah, and you make a really good point because the same probably goes for Polly Farmer, who a lot of people think was one of Geelong's all-time greats. Didn't play a lot of games for Geelong in comparison, you know, over a period of time like Gary Ablett Sr. did. But you make that good point. But wouldn't, wouldn't Callum Mills now be making a different number his own? So if the 14 was retired and there was a 14 hanging from the rafters somewhere at the SCG. So every time you went to the SCG, you looked at that hanging jumper and it reminded you of the great Bob Skilton. There might be instead a number six hanging from the rafters representing the number that maybe Paul Kelly would have worn. But I think it just adds to the the beauty of the number 14 to think we have had so many champions wear it. Yeah, look, you make a really good point, Lisa. I'm not going to argue with you. Hold the line. Got something for you. You've got a Dwayne's World T-shirt coming your way, either a medium or a large. I think that's all we've got left in stock. So hold the line. Let my producer uh, know, Tomo, which size you are, and we'll get one sent to you. You've got a few of those to give away still. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the open line number. Yeah, I, I like the idea, but, again, um, that Lisa makes a really good point. David and Tallamarine, your thoughts on it? G'day, Dwayne. First time caller, long time listener. How are you going? I'm good. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, well, the same thing as the, as the last caller was. Now, you know, I'm in my 60s. And think about the great numbers that people have played now. I'm not a whole Think of number 23. Lance Franklin, Dermot Barron, yep. John Peck. As you had at Geelong with number five with the young fellow now. Well, not a young fellow. He's playing, you know. Cameron, Ablett, Polly Farmer. And when those young blokes, blokes start in their rooms and they walk in, they see the names of the great players who used to wear the number. I think it's yeah. um, you lose tradition. You know, I think it's I think it's a great tradition that AFL VFL have always had. Like it has to be number five. Yeah, James Heard, Terry Downer. I'm I'm a bomber supporter. You know, it's um, yeah. We can think of a lot of as, as the, the other ladies, the Bob Skilton number. There's so many of them. And look, I agree with your um, your one with um, Russell Ebert. You know, what a player he was. Uh, mm. But, you know, I think there's retired for 12 months and then bring it back. Give it to a young kid. That's um, my opinion, uh, Dwayne. 
No, I appreciate your call, David. And I think we've got a signal boost power bank coming your way as well. Hold the line. We'll find something from the price cabinet for you. But you make a good point. I, I just believe if it's your all-time greatest, if it is your all-time, undoubtedly. I mean, there's a few coming through. Richmond went through a period of time when the captain wore number 17 as a way of honouring Jack Dyer. If Richmond had the number 17 retired forever for Jack Dyer, I think we'd remember Jack Dyer more often. The kids would say, why, did, why is there no number 17 being worn? Because that's the great Jack Dyer's number. He was our greatest of all time. I wouldn't, as great a player as Paul Kelly was, I wouldn't have retired the number 14 for Paul Kelly, but I would have retired it for Bobby Skilton. And I think it is something that if, you, if your all-time greatest wears it, like Russell Ebert wore it at Port, then I think I would retire it if it's the all-time greatest. Not just a great, but all-time greatest. That's why Joel Selwood is a unique case. He is Geelong's all-time greatest. Although, you know, there's a couple of texts coming through here. Um, one here, retire Selwood and Ablett Senior, 100% go Catters. And I'm with you on that. I would have retired Gary Ablett Senior's number five. I don't think there'll ever be a player like Gary Ablett Senior at Geelong ever again. Um, But a couple of others coming through uh, about a couple of other superstar players that have worn different numbers that would you retire them? Couch was better. This is from Paul. Uh, Couch was better. Both Ablett's were far superior than Selwood. Uh, Gary Hocking, 10 times better. I could go on and on. So there are a few of those that believe that Joel Selwood as a player hasn't been Geelong's all-time greatest player. And I would say that he hasn't been either. I think Gary Ablett Senior has. But as a servant of the club and a greatest captain of the club, I think he has been overall the greatest player, captain, servant of that club. That's why I think he deserves it. And they're resting it for a year. That's why it makes it a topic now. Um, and uh, for those people unaware, Tanner Bruin will take number four. Sean Higgins, old four. Jack Bowes takes 12 at Geelong. Um, Jai Clark, 13. Uh, Oscar Riccardi. The son of Peter Riccardi takes 21. And Ollie Henry, coming over from Collingwood, takes number 36. John in Port Augusta, you're always one that loves a bit of history. Welcome to you, John. Don't think we've got you there, John. Are you there, John? Welcome to the program, John. I think we've got you. He's gone. one 300 if you'd like to join me. A couple of other texts uh, here on the tennis as well. Um... Dwayne, please. Nobody rates Dimonor. That's why the BBL outrates him. A disaster having him on prime time. Well, they're going to have that choice whether they put Alex Dimonor in prime time. He does play an unseeded player next. So whether they take that risk with Alex Dimonor, uh, Benjamin Bonzi, then he plays Novak. That'll be prime time if that's on. But yeah, where will they schedule Alex Dimonor next? Um, that's going to be a key for Craig Tolley to come up with today. Uh, Pipey, no retiring numbers. Un-Australian. Helps remember them, and I bet the players would not want it. Not the Aussie way. Um, well, if you ask them, they'd probably say they wouldn't. But would Russell Ebert, number seven, retired, sitting, hanging from the rafters, be a great thing for Port? I think so. It would be their link to, a link to the past as well for all those that don't remember or never have seen him play and don't remember him. Um, hi, Dwayne. Uh, what a stupid idea. Um, forget the player. And the number forever. I don't think you'd forget the player and the number forever by doing it. I think it's a way of remembering them. But if you've got a thought, Kingy's going to join us after 1 o'clock. So look forward to having a chat to David King from North Melbourne's practice match today. Chris Newman is also going to join us. He wore the 17 at Richmond for a while as a captain. Uh, it was handed down to the captain for years with Jack Dyer being the famous number 17. 
He's obviously now a Hawthorne assistant coach, so he'll join us a little bit later on to talk about what's happening at Hawthorne. Um, more texts that have come through. Can you please play Teach Your Children Well by David Crosby as a tribute to him. Passed away today. Thanks. Appreciate it very much. Dean, I'll see if A-Rod can find a little bit of Crosby, even a little bit of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young with Neil Young being one of the greatest of all time that I've seen a few times live. Rest the number, but never retire it. The 14 has a legacy now and should continue. Thanks for that. Um, we all know who's going to make the Big Bash final every year, Perth and the Sixers. That's why it's become boring. Thank you for that text as well. Murray's next opponent would have slept, and Murray will not have gone to bed until after 6 o'clock in the morning. And it is going to be an issue right now for Craig Tiley as to where he schedules Andy Murray. And the decision to let that match go so long, will it come back to haunt them? Because Andy Murray's now one of the biggest draw cards. If he gets wiped away in the next round because he's cooked, it's going to cost them a draw card maybe going deeper by having him on so late. Uh, Djokovic won the last set six love, so the hamstring couldn't be much, if anything at all. Um, yeah, he did get treatment for it yesterday, but he did win in four and won fairly easy as well. Um, in response to the Alexi Popperin audio we played, this is amazing, bawling my eyes out. Another one here listening to Poppy's speech in the crowd. Warms my heart. What a humble guy and a great attitude. Um, Dwayne Dimonor is horrible to watch. There's a few of these that have come through. I turned it off. In set two last night, he has no weapons. Dan, it was a, a baseline slog for the majority of it, and that's exactly what Craig Tiley now has to work out. Where did you put Alex Dimonor? Alex in Montrose, you got a thought on retiring jumpers. Welcome to you, Alex. Yeah, how you I going? Think you're there, yeah, welcome to you. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, a couple of things. One on the tennis. I mean... Andy's coming off, obviously, two five-setters. It'd be interesting to know, I don't think, whether he finished four or five hours earlier, I don't think that's going to be the difference. He's going to be pretty cooked in the next game anyway. I don't think that's going to be a huge difference. And if he does lose, no doubt people will use that as an excuse for him. Mm. And uh, as, a, as a lovely, uh, loving dog supporter, I think on the, on the number three, a bit of EJ Whitten and Chris Grant, I... I still like seeing the number go around, but uh, yeah, one of those things. If you if you retired it, you wouldn't see it go around. Yeah, but you remember EJ forever as the great that he was. But I'm a little bit biased because I got to work with EJ and got to know him so well at K Rock. So I would have been more than happy for EJ's number three to still stay retired, be hanging from the rafters, and people will remember EJ Witten because I don't think that's a name that should be forgotten lightly. I know there's the statue out the front, which at least allows that to never be forgotten. And everyone who drives over the E.J. Witten Bridge over the, on the way to the airport these days gets to know the name, which is nice. That's how big a guy he was. I mean, if you don't... People now wouldn't quite understand how big E.J. Witten was. But the statue's one thing outside the Witten Oval. But they named the bridge on the way to the airport after him. That's, that's testimony to how great a man he was. Well, take a break. Matt in Caulfield, I know you want to talk about the Australian Open scheduling and you've been holding for a while. We'll try to get to you after the break as well. But David King to join me from North Melbourne Training. Looking forward to having a chat to Kingy. We'll talk some more footy later on with Chris Newman, Hawks assistant coach, and we'll keep you updated with what's happening at the Australian Open. Thanks to the Kia all-electric EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And the Macca's last fan standing quiz is still to come where we give you and a friend a chance to head to India to watch a test with us in a corporate box. Stick around. Plenty to come on Dwayne's World.
Twain's World with Twain Russell. Thanks for joining me for Dwayne's World. We'll head back to your calls very shortly. one 736 736 is the open line number. It's put to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. Keep your texts coming through as well on the 40 Winks Temper text 0433 98 11 16. Temper, consumer's choice winner. Pillows, adjustable bases, conforms to the exact shape of your body. Head back to your calls and your text shortly. But David King, two-time Premiership star with North Melbourne and the best analyst in the game, has been doing the practice match and practice session rounds again this week. And he's joined me after a, a busy week. And I think he joins me live from North Melbourne Scratch Match. Wonder you, King. Great to have you back. Ah, uh, Dwayno, good to have a chat again. Just uh, out having a look around, mate, as we keep saying. You, you don't see a lot, but what you do see is always a bit of a bonus. So the Kangas had a little hit out this morning, just a couple of, uh, a couple of halves. And it was great to see. There's no real surprises when you you see the senior core players, you know, looking to stand themselves on these sessions. When they when they're on, they they do they do take complete control. And Ben Cunnington did that again this morning. I know we saw him late last year for a couple of games, um, which was in a great uh, emotional lift for the club late in 2022. But he was awesome today, back to his uh, clearance best, and he's. He's got that long-range handball going against Wayne, hmm. the one that goes 10 to 15 metres from clearances, and he just uh, ripped him to shreds this morning. Um, Will Phillips was probably another standout. Oh, that's good we've news. Talked a lot about, yeah, great news, isn't it? We've, we've talked a lot about Will, uh, mainly comparing that pick. I think he was picked two or three uh, a few years ago now to, to whether that should have been the tall forward that's up at the Sydney Swans. There was a lot of comparisons made, but oh, I think he's ready for a breakout year. Will Phillips. I know we've seen we've seen little bits of him. Uh, what, what have we seen him play? Probably yeah, twelve to fifteen games, I think it was in twenty twenty one. But we we didn't get to see him last year, and oh, I think he's ready to to show his wares. There's a few vying for the captaincy as well, David. So they'll be wanting to show their leadership as well as their skills on field. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's as big a race as uh, as, as as others believe. I just think Josh Simpkins the the perfect choice. Incredibly okay. popular, uh, professional uh, in terms of his preparation. He's 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 been a high level performer, winning best and fairest and the like. He's at the right age profile, um, and he's 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 a gun midfielder. I think that's where you need your skipper. You know, when you when you read you know realigning a list and and developing as the kangaroos are, that's that's where we need him in the in the middle there. And he's got plenty of support around him with with Cunnington and Davies Uniac and those types of guys. In there now, so I think it's the perfect uh, the perfect fit. And you think that will actually happen? Do you think North Melbourne are thinking that as well? It's only a matter of time before it gets it. And I'm a fan of one captain as well, and put as many assistants below him as you like. But I like one guy at the top. Where are you on that? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, just 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 one voice, one strong voice. He's a he's a sort of type of guy that speaks up in meetings and that sort of thing. He's, I think he's 24 years of age. Might be just short of 25 years of age. Mm. Um, so it's the perfect time. I mean, his his credentials are, are there for everyone to see. I think he's won two best and fairest. He's the future. Um, we're just we're just embracing what this guy can possibly become. And you know, I think that under the the, the guide uh, the guidance of Alistair Clarkson, you'll see the best of Jai in a you know, really impactful centre forward type uh, type role over the next you know twelve to eighteen months. Any game style changes under Clarko that were noticeable? It's funny. I think when you go around and see a few teams train, and 
you know, it's not a lot to read into just yet. We're not seeing that the full program mapped out. We're not seeing, you know, the, the best 22 versus an, an opposition 22 just yet. So it's hard to put it all together. But what I am noticing at all clubs, you know, you look at St Kilda, you look at the Western Bulldogs, you look at Hawthorne yesterday, Kangaroos this morning. It does seem like teams are trying to take territory, go forward more, play with a bit more dare. I think what Geelong have shown in the competition is you can still defend diligently and take territory and keep the ball moving and take ground because uh, it just looks like every team, whether it's through the corridor or, or wide, it's go, get on your bike, move the ball fast. It's, uh, it's constantly yelled by coaches uh, to their troops in session. Um, so I don't think it's any great secret that the Kangaroos will be part of that, but the competition, I think, is shifting towards taking territory and a bit of old-fashioned footy, knock it 50 yards down the line. Long road back for your old team, North Kingy, from where they are, and I'm sort of thinking that Alistair Clarkson might be one of those coaches who does get an extra 10 or 15% out of some of these guys. Not all of them will improve that rapidly, but some will actually just be enhanced really quickly by a new coach. I know what the feeling was like when Blighty came to Geelong. How are you thinking North Melbourne might improve individually? Well, I think you have to look at where they're at. I mean, they sung the song twice last year. Two yeah. wins. The year before that, I think they won four games. The year before that, three games. So this, this is this is rock bottom. I, mm. I, I think that there's there's clearly more talent than, than uh, at that football club that we're actually seeing deliver. Um, I, I think that they've they've been coached in a way that they haven't been able to grasp over the last two years. Now that's not necessarily saying that. David Noble and the coaching staff did a poor job by any stretch, but this group just wasn't ready for that that level of coaching. It didn't work. Uh, and Alistair Clarkson stripped it all back. It'll be a simple game plan that they can all adhere to, and it's about being you know, being able to perform your task and play competitive footy. I don't think North Melbourne fans are expecting the world, but they want to see their team have a go. Two wins for, for, for a season is just not good enough, um, and I, I think that you'll be seeing somewhere near six to eight wins this year. Uh, on, on the road back. They're not as bad as what they've shown us the last 18 months. Positional changes, a lot happening under Clarko. Any any noticeable ones? Um, not, not a lot, really. Uh, I think you'll see... Uh, there's a kid down there that uh, you're going to fall in love with. You're, you're going to like him anyway, Dwayne. I know you like the, <laughs> the small forward sort of on-ball types that, that can, that can uh, rear up and catch the footy. We saw him play uh, the majority of last year. Paul Curtis, the young boy from yep. Melton. He's, he was... Uh, yep. I think he was a pick in about the, the 30s. Um, yeah, he, he kicked some goals last year. He didn't kick 10 or 12 goals last year. He was he was, he was clearly a, a talent. He separated. He had a big impact in their win against Richmond. I, I think he's ready for a big season. Uh, and, and I think he's the type of player that Alistair Clarkson likes. You know, throw him in for centre bounces uh, and then be able, to, be able to impact forward of centre. So Paul Curtis, for me, is, is the one to watch. Where else have you been this week, Kingy? Uh, went down to Hawthorne yesterday. They were at, at uh, Latrobe yesterday having a head out. It sort of it, it smacks you uh, between the eyes just how young that group is. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen a list that young for some time. Um, so there's going to be a bit of pressure on some, some senior core players there to, to, to play good, consistent footy and, and drive the standards of this football club. And I think they're handing the keys to that midfield clearly to. Uh, to, to, to Warple and the boy who's just taken Lee Matthews number in number three who looks ready to roll uh, into that number to fill that number out. 
um, who's been a high-level performer over the last couple of years in Newcomb. So, yeah. look, there's going to be a lot of change at Hawthorne. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But when you put their team down on paper, their, their back six looks really strong. I, I think Sicily's. I think he'll be made captain. I think he'll be a wonderful captain. Um, I, I was taken by CJ, that uh, young chunk yeah. Jazz. He was just he was. He, he's. We already rave about how he plays, but he looks to have filled out a bit more. He's, he's an organiser behind the ball. I think he's going to have a, a wonderful season. He looks ready for a big year. Um, but it, it's exciting. If you're a Hawthorne fan, they're going to expose a lot of young talent this year in prime roles. They may not be... So Day, yeah, Day, Day and Granger Brass as well? Granger Brass was out there. Day was out there. Pretty, pretty full compliment. I think Ward was the only one off the track. Uh, yesterday, so they're, they're they're healthy enough. Uh, Meek was out there. He looks like he's he's just going to come in and play that number one ruck role. And I know there's competition for spots, and they've got some other tools that performed quite well in the back half of last year. But you know, I think it's going to come down to what they get from guys like you know Wingard, uh, who played probably that 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 centre forward role. Brewster's obviously still there. They've got enough senior players around the edges, but gee, they're a young a young young squad. So you were also at the Saints, I understand, this week? Saints, yeah. Went down and saw the Saints uh, earlier in the week. Uh, you, you get taken by the, the work of uh, Windhager and, and Owens, who we, we, I think we've talked a lot about those guys, but yeah. they look uh, they look ready to roll. Um, there's another kid down there that's been on the list of probably two or three seasons now, Matt Allison, boy from okay. uh, St. Bernard's. Reared up and took a couple of really strong pack marks in their, uh, in their ball movement or their... Their match sim work uh, earlier in the week, and I thought, gee, that's something the Saints fans will love to see. I think he's about 195 centimetres, still, still putting on size, but he's he's made some inroads in this off season. So he's one I don't think's been exposed to senior football just yet. That uh, they'll be they'll be itching to have a look at early in 2023. So where's their improvement going to come? Is it in those guys like Owens and Windhager and Wengeni Malira's got a lot of upside too. Um, and yet they, they've also got, well, if Max King kicks straight, etc., cetera, uh, he's obviously had the shoulder issue over the off-season, but did he train at all yesterday? Is he back yet? He's running laps. Um, yeah. He's running him at a pace, line that you and I could just only right. marvel at. He's flying around with the arm and the sling, but, um, yeah, he's, he, he's a fair way off still, you, you, you'd think, but they, they just haven't had... I mean, what did Billings play last year? I think he played six yeah. to eight games. They just haven't had... They haven't had him out there. Um, they need. I think their fortunes are wrapped around what they get from Billings and Gresham. They're, they're their wild cards in the forward half of the ground. Um, it's going to be a more honest uh, game plan under under Ross Lyon. He'll get the most out of this group. Where, where that leaves this group, I don't know. I mean, they, what they win eleven games last year. They're going to be around that mark again. You'd think. Um, I think Ross has shown in his coaching tenure at both clubs. That second and third year of the year is where he really spikes um, the performance of, of of any group of each group that he's that he's gone to. So I'm waiting to see what he does at the end of this season with the trade period and the, and the ability to get some free agents and and attract some you know some high high draft picks. So let's just see see what he does at the end of this year. It'll be a learning season for him. Can you have a look in your diary? What's coming up in the next couple of weeks? We know that the well, hopefully the AFL will release the community program, um, yeah. you know, next week. But you've got a few. There's some internal trials that clubs are releasing to their members now that uh, sort of dates in a in a week or two. What's coming up on the agenda? 
Yeah, I'll just try and keep getting around, get to Carlton on, on, on Monday and have a look and, and maybe get back to these clubs for a second time. Um, I'll get down to Geelong. Yeah, it is. It is. It is great to get out there and just see which which clubs are attacking it in, in what fashion. You know, I think that when you look at how teams are training, I find that fascinating. You know, if you look at some are doing a heavy skills based, some are super competitive. The competitiveness of the Melbourne Footy Club, session in session out of this time of year, is is panels in front of what I've seen from okay. the rest. So that's why when we talked last week, you know, we talk about them in glowing terms. It's almost like they've they've got a point to prove every session that they they arrive. So, you know, some are some are younger and probably probably uh, are treading a bit more carefully. Um, but we'll just get around and see you know, who's happy and fit and, and uh, ready to roll early in the season because we know the first eight rounds of the year set up the, the, the your finals opportunities. There's only one or two changes uh, across the, you know, the back half of the season to the top eight year on year post that point. So the start is incredibly vital for these clubs. Yeah, destroyed Port last year, 0-5. You just never recover from that kind of stuff. I mean, 1-4, mm-hmm. you don't recover. Uh, Game-style stuff, Kingy, you, you're talking about aggressive ball movement. Even the bottom teams like, well, Sam Mitchell wants to move it more aggressively. I've got Chris Newman on the program uh, a little bit later in, in the show today, but it sounds like teams are really going to be aggressive with that ball movement, uh, take a little bit of... Collingwood's model as well be be a bit more daring with it because that's the modern game. Yeah, one hundred percent. That that's the one thing that I am seeing across every club is once you've won the ball back, uh, let's go get the ball moving. Yeah, you know, don't 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 take that five six seconds just standing there waiting for a pack to arrive down the wing. It's it's almost like those those days are gone now. Um, make a decision, pull the trigger. Whether it's a 15, 20 metre kick or a, or a, or longer, just just make that call. And you, all clubs are challenging their midfielders to provide an option on the way out. And then, you know, those high half forwards they've been they've been asked to do a hell of a lot of work uh, in the match sim that we've seen so far. So, oh, I think it's a great it's going to be a great season if if every club can sort of come down that that path that Collingwood and Geelong showed us in the back half of last year is, is incredibly successful, and that you can still support your defence. Um, and, and be strong enough to, to protect your own goals if you do turn the ball over. So it's exciting. It is. One last one, Kingy, on that. So, I mean, what we all hope for in footy in 2023, the key forward's been killed in the last decade or two with slow ball movement, defensive game plans. But if you can get the ball forward quicker, then it's going to help key forwards in one-on-one. It's going to help key forwards, you know, have opportunities against defences that aren't set. As soon as you give the defence time to set, you know, it's almost impossible to take an, a, a competitive mark, a contested mark inside 50. So are we going to see the key forward become a, a more dominant factor again? I'm not talking 100 goal key forwards, but I'm talking maybe a 75er. I, I'm probably not in that camp. I don't, I don't think we will. I, I think it's incredibly difficult to, to channel your scoring, uh, most of your scoring through one man. Yeah, I, I think it's the ball movement that's scoring in sort of the last couple of years. You know, it's gone away from that one target unless you've got a Tom Hawkins type. I mean, not many teams mm. have that one type of player. And it's, it's probably unhealthy for a team to rely on one or two goal kickers. You need a spread. You need your you need your ball movement to do the scoring for you. And whoever's last man in the chain working back to goal, well, good luck to him type thing. So I, I think it's more the movement than the individual. Yeah, we're probably never going to see a hundred goal, a hundred plus no. goal kicker in a season ever again, and maybe maybe seventy is the new hundred. Not sure, but no, I think the small, 
uh, hybrid forwards are the ones that are doing all the damage now. And are you in the Nick Dacos get on him camp? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on him, Dwayne. I'm on. No, look, I, I think he'll play a lot more midfield minutes um, this season. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he, if he doesn't finish the season playing centre forward. This guy, you have to see him train. I mean, this time last year, we talked about Sam Walsh's drive in, in, in the preseason. The, 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 the absolute stars push themselves to levels that others don't. I think Nick Dacos does that already. If you go and watch Collingwood train, you cannot take your eyes off him. He, he is everywhere. Um, so I, I just get blown away by youngsters that are prepared to apply themselves like that. If he plays midfield and they win 15 games this season... He'll he'll get a truckload of votes. There's no doubt about that. As a halfback flanker, maybe those touches aren't as noticeable to the umpires. But as a midfielder, when your team's winning games of football, he'll gather votes. And last one, I know you were fairly impressed with the Bulldogs as well, who you saw. Uh, is Norton going to stay forward and does Sam Darcy stay as a backman? Yeah, or well, Norton's forward. There's no doubt about that. He's just kicked yep. too many goals for, for him to be moving. I just don't know how they all, all those pieces fit. And it's the first time. It's a great luxury to have for Luke Beveridge. I can't remember him having tall stocks to play with at all during his, his, his tenure at the, at the Dogs. So he's had that glut of midfielders, and that, that's been weakened with, the obviously, the loss of Dunkley and, and Hunter. Um, so they're going to have to find a couple of others to step up. But the spine for the Dogs is something that Luke Beveridge has never had the luxury of moving those magnets around. I think you'll see Darcy forward and back. I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Bruce, but he's training back at the moment. Mm. Jones is obviously there at fullback. You've got Keith and Gardner. You can't squeeze all those tools in. They haven't really had an intercept marker over the last couple of years. That's the one part of one facet of the game where they've been uh, left behind by the competition, and I think that's hurt them at the, at the, the pointy end of the, of the season uh, over the last 12 months. So they've got to find that player. I think it could be Sam Darcy. I really do. I think he could play as an intercept marker across the half-back flank, but we wait and see, but it's a, it's a great problem to have. Kingy, great to have you. really appreciate your time. Um, put in an extra invoice to Hutchie if you can. Uh, you're doing overtime for all of us, so thanks for your time. <laughs> Talk next week, mate. David King joining us, two-time North Melbourne Premiership star, SEN's own and Fox Footy's own. Can't wait to get on the coverage with Fox Footy with Kingy again. Have you got a thought on any of that? Jump on the line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The open line number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As I mentioned, Chris Newman is going to join us later. Hawthorne assistant, so we'll talk more about the Hawks later. But your calls, more midday madness. Send through your texts on the Forty Winks temper text as well. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. But an opportunity for your calls next on Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. So back to your calls and your texts. A couple of texts coming through. Pipe, just checking to King, saying North Melbourne eight wins next year. That's crazy talk. And another one here from Steve-O, um, suggesting the same thing. So I uh, appreciate your texts, but it's nice to have him out at training. And, yeah, a couple of nice nominations. I think Jai Simpkin would be a great captain. Sounds like he might know more than most Kingy, but, yeah, Jai Simpkin as a solo captain. And I think... Uh, I'm on the money. Uh, he's on the money with Sicily as being a great captain for Hawthorne as well. So I'll ask Chris Newman about that Hawthorne assistant later on. But back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Mark from the Limestone Coast. Happy New Year to you, Mark. 
And and the same to you. Glad to see you're still alive and kicking, mate. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was just looking at an article on the uh, on the internet saying that St Kilda had uh, still two spots available. This article was three days ago. Yeah. Um, I believe that they signed that young guy Stocker, which I'm yeah, very so happy on, about. Yeah. So he's on drive today, Liam Stocker. So he uh, will be joining us on SEN in a couple of hours' time. So yes, they have filled one of those spots. Okay, now so there's still another spot left. I have a suggestion if um, if you could get on the hotline to your mate um, Ross Lyon, this would be great. Yeah, yeah I'll text um, him now. <laughs> thanks, mate. Uh, Paddy Ryder. He's currently training. Uh, I know he wouldn't have an AFL fitness base, but I know he's currently training with the Panthers pre-season down in um, down in Mornington in the Nepean yep. League. Uh, I know that he wanted to resign last year, but totally different, different management, totally different coach. We've got Kingy down with an injury. We've got um, Jack Hayes down with an yeah. injury. I'm thinking about being flexible, offering him maybe a small contract. Say to him, "Look, come out and play five games straight at the start of the year, okay, to cover the, the two big boys." then we're just going to run you around in the seconds for the rest of the year and you just never know come finals time. I think he'd be a great, if he came back, I think also part-time coach. I think he'd be a modern player coach. Um, he would fill that void up up in the forward line for uh, while, we're, while we're short with our tools and uh, then you could just have him on ice for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's not a crazy idea, Mark. I've got to say, I don't mind the idea of Sometimes guys just need a summer of not having to commit to a full preseason to realise, hang on, that's the rest I needed and I might be okay to go again for 10 or 12 games or be a backup. And I, I think you're right because what do you do if you lose another Ruckman, Mark? It's, uh, it's not crazy. I might, well, I don't have Ross Lyon's number to text him, but I had Lenny Hayes on the program yesterday. Liam Stocker's on the program later. I'll see if Drive can tell Liam Stocker to tell Ross Lyon to ring Paddy Ryder because Mark on the Limestone Coast reckons it's a good idea and Dwayne Russell reckons he's right. So how about that? I'll at least get the chain going. Mate. Good on you. And uh, always great to have your contribution during the year. So look forward to your contribution again this year, Mark. On the Limestone Coast, he loves his Saints. Yeah, a backup ruck. And what do they do if they lose another one, the Saints, and have another year with low ruck stocks? Because we are hearing that some teams are going to play two. Um, Max Gorn, well, there's a text here about an injury at Melbourne training, so I better check that before I go with it. But we know that the plan is for Melbourne to play Max Gorn and Brody Grundy. Um, I'll ask Chris Newman what they're planning to do at the Hawks because they've added Lloyd Meek and they do have the opportunity of having two fit rucks to play at Hawthorne next year given the injury situation that they had with Ned Reeves last year is solved with a a shoulder Rico over summer, so he's back in training. Spiros and Carnegie in the meantime. Welcome to you, Spiros. How are you, Dwayne? Yeah, good. Uh, got two quick ones for you. Uh, everybody saying that, uh, whether I've been reading that Carlton will make it, make the uh, the eight and even mm. top four. Um, I, I didn't look at uh, who's actually going to drop out. Um, and also, people will be also looking at... Um, and Kilda and Nesson very closely, and uh, well, that's my first one. What do you, what do you, who do you think? Uh, Definitely make it. 
Yeah, it's tough because all of the teams inside the eight are probably going to get a little bit better. Although Fremantle's got Luke Jackson. I can't see Brisbane, who finished sixth, missing out. I can't see Richmond, who've added Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto, dropping out. Um, I can't see the Cats dropping out either, uh, given they won the flag. Melbourne are even better now with Brodie Grundy, so they're not dropping out. Um, oh, and I don't want to say Sydney Swans or Collingwood. Um, Carlton miss out again. How's that sound, Spiros? I can't see him getting in. How's that sound? Just off the top of my head, I can't. I can't name one for you. They couldn't miss again, could they? They lost their last four, didn't they, last year? To miss oh, out look, only just. Of, um, look, a lot of my um, my mates when we talk, you know, they they said they couldn't be happier, and I said, oh, that's not nice because it happens to you. And a lot of mm. the Collingwood supporters. And uh, look, I, I don't know. I thought, look, I don't like to say, but um. Maybe bulldogs, but you know, I mean, they're they're, they're still they could yeah. do anything on their on their best days. But um, yeah, that was just that was probably my only weakest link. I thought, and that's um, you know, not saying that they're not well coached or anything like that. But uh, I don't know if you thought maybe the bulldogs. What did you think about them? Well, the bulldogs only made the eight because Carlton lost their last four games, and the bulldogs got there what by point five of a percentage point. So they both finished on the same points and the same percentage, but it was point something that got the dogs in, you know, a point or a one goal for Carlton in that loss in their last game, and they would have made it. So, you know, St Kilda, they're going to get better, but will they get better enough to the point that they win two more games and get in? Port Adelaide with Jason Horn francis they're expecting to get better as well, although I'm a little worried about their back line. I can't see any team outside of those three, outside the eight, knocking one of the teams inside the eight out, even though I think Essendon will improve as well. So... That's the beauty of the season, in a way, Spiros. Um, yeah, ask, call back in about a month once I've seen a few trials and I get sucked into some pre-season form that I shouldn't overrate. How's that sound? No worries. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> Good on you, Spiros and Cunningham. Make sure you're a regular during the course of the year as well. Raf in Meadow Heights, I do need to take a quick break for news. News, then straight back to you, Raf, and to the rest of our callers, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. More midday matters straight after this on Dwayne's World. Had a caller asking for it, and uh, there it is. The legend David Crosby has passed away at the age of 81, and yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and uh, David Crosby on his own. Um, he put together some pretty good stuff. Thanks for that, A-Rod, for putting that together at quick notice. A couple of texts that have come through. Loving the footy talk pipe. Great to have it back. Jim, there are a few of the other thought that we should be talking more tennis, but thanks for your text. I appreciate it. Raf in Meadow Heights. Welcome to you, Raf. Hey, Dwayne. How you going, buddy? Yeah, good. You want to talk Saints? Yeah, I'm not a St Kilda supporter, but I'll be interested to see how Ross Lyon takes his side. I mean, I look at St Kilda's list, and there's probably just one genuine A-grade player, and that's Jack Steele. I don't see as many, like the days where he coached St Kilda before, we had Revolt and uh, Cozzy and um, all these Goddard and all these other superstars. What do you reckon of their list? Well, I think Max King has the potential to be a superstar. He needs to kick straighter, and they need to address maybe his running patterns forward to you know get him running to the right spots more often or get the ball to him in better spots 
into his running pattern. So, but I think he can take a team apart on any day, and he can take the season apart. He's the kind of guy that I was talking to Kingy about. You know, could kick you 70 goals in a season, and that changes your whole year. I mean, arguably, you know, he kicked straight in a couple of games last year, and it, you know, it's not his fault, but they should have got him a coach um, to help his kicking, and it shouldn't have been the problem that it is. Now, whether they can fix it or not, they fixed Stewie Lowe. I mean, Stewie Lowe was a pretty average kicker goal early in his career. It's fixable goal kicking, I think. So, yeah, I think they've got a couple more A-graders than just Jack Steele, myself. I mean, look, Kingy has definitely potential. I'll say Kingy's got potential, definitely, but I just don't see that list, like, you know, them A-graders all over the place. I mean, a couple's on a win, you'll get you into the finals. You need a few more all over to balance out your sides. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. Look, you've got guys as well that... You can, Brad Hill could have an All-Australian season. I'm looking at guys like... Mitch Owens and Marcus Windhager, who could be, you know, big stars of the future. We don't know what the upside is. They get a little bit of Ross Lyons polish. We saw them last year and they were really good. So I think they have that opportunity. Kingy's more of the thought that it's the Jack Billings type of player that can take you forward. But look, even Rowan Marshall, there's some really good rucks in the comp, but he could be, you know, an All-Australian ruck if he puts a good season together. So... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Maybe they don't have the depth of A grader that a lot of the other teams have, but I still think there is that ability for a few of these guys to, to grow and become big hitters in the competition. Um, I appreciate your call, Raph. Always good to talk some footy for you, but I'm, I'm more a glass-half-full kind of guy. I'm, I tend to look at teams and see what their upside is and think of the guys that are going to perform really well and improve for you as opposed to... You know, looking at the holes and thinking, oh, wow, they've got holes here. Their defence isn't that good. They're not going to make the eight at all. Um, Thady in Sunbury, welcome to you, Thady. How you going, Dwayne? Long-time listener, first good. time caller. Thanks want to for jumping on. You know, get, exci- get excited about North Melbourne. This year's, uh, we're going to go eight to ten wins. I reckon anywhere from tenth to eighth, and I would be a satisfied North Melbourne supporter. We've got LDU coming through, looking polished on the training track. Simpskin, I think Jai Simpskin is a great captain. He's Honestly, I've seen a couple of photos of him and also on the track, and he, he's put on some kilos, which honestly, last year he looked like a twig. So I just reckon the North Melbourne supporters, get up and about. We're going to have a couple of wins this year and get excited. Plenty more to come. Thanks, Vic. Thanks, Thaddy. Uh, so I like the fact that your glass half full on North as well. Let's hope you do have, well, at least a season where you're a contender. I mean, the Gold Coast never make the eight, but at least they're kind of in the last incarnation of the Gold Coast, the last few years, they're contenders to make the eight until, you know, round 17 or 18. That's what we want from North. That's what we want from all teams. Be a contender to make the eight. Now, I don't expect North to make it, but if they're, you know, if you head to the halfway point of the season and your season's not already over, then that's going to be a big bonus as well for the growth factor and the belief factor of your team. Tony and Frankston, I'll come to you straight after a quick break. I know you want to talk the Frankston gift. I'll come to you next. If you want to jump on the line, one 300 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great back to your calls and your texts on Dwayne's World. We'll give you an update from the Australian Open shortly as well. Thanks to the Kia, all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. But Tony and Frankston's been holding a little while. Welcome to you, Tony. 
Yeah, good night, Brian. Now, long time, long time listener, and very regular caller. <laughs> Just, uh, anyway, before I before I go on to plugging the thanks and gift, Mark, um, something got pointed out to me last week on Facebook that um, 2022 something happened that only happens every 1,000 years. If you add up your age to your birth year, you came up with 2022. Every person on the planet was 2022 last year. But anyway. But uh, oh. thanks for letting me plug the Roy gift That's last right. week, and uh, it was um, a couple of a couple of good young runners won the gift. The men's and the and Nicholas Antonino won the men's, and and um, young girl won the the women's gift. Um, Bella Pasquale, her mum won three Roy gifts. So uh, good to see that wow. win. But we've got Frankston gift on tomorrow down at Kinetic Park, which is uh, where the Dolphins play. So it's about ten o'clock. It starts. It's an early start. The kids start off early, and uh, so anybody that like I said last week, if anybody's down that way, just Come and have a look, and I'm quite sure there'll be some quality runners there. And, um, yeah, it'll be a nice day, and, yeah, just come down and enjoy yourself. So starts around when? 10 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah, about 10 o'clock, 10.30, Blaine, I think. The, the, I think it's under 14 start first, so little laughs sort of thing before the uh, before the serious stuff gets going. So, yeah. Nice plug, Tony. Always a pleasure to have you on. You can jump on any time, and thanks for doing it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to join me. On the open line, a little window of opportunity before... Well, after 2 o'clock, Chris Newman is going to have a chat. Former Richmond captain turned Hawthorne assistant. Has been Box Hill coach for a little while, but uh, has jumped to being their defensive coach at the Hawks for the last couple of years, and I think he's been given the forwards portfolio. So keep your calls coming, and we'll take your calls all the way up until the news at 2 o'clock. Don't forget, you can tune in Sunday morning while we're doing plugs at 10 a.m. for This Is Your Journey, as Sam Edmund speaks with Australian sprint car driver James McFadden, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. And the first ever Australian paddle open at the Australian Open 2023, the newest racket sport with off-the-wall energy, is being played. And keen on playing tennis after watching it, hire a tennis court at play.tennis.com.au. Tennis court hire, no membership, no worries. And still to come in the next hour, together with Maccas, we're giving you and the mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia in Feb. All thanks to Maccas, all you have to do is be crowned the last fan standing. So each weekday in summer breakfast down on Dwayne's World, we'll give 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. We'll take the next caller. The last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win. And on Monday, Jan 30, everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks will have the chance to win with summer breakfast. Another 11 questions. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned last fan standing and win. Thanks to Maccas. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. Attend a sports luncheon with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket and $1,000 in spending money. All thanks to Maccas. And a little bit of last fan standing to come after the 2 o'clock news. Grant in Perth. You got an update on the little bit of NBA, have you, Grant? Yeah, mate. I don't know if you've been how much you've been watching the NBA lately, but have you caught up on where Joey Ingalls is coming back from his ACL? Yeah, and he's in a team that might win the whole lot, and he's playing okay, Grant. Yeah, he's, uh, he was a bit scratchy to start with, mate. But he's um, his last oh, ten games, he's showing showing why they got him. I mean, you know, he's spreading the floor and hitting some threes, and his passing is normal, um, you know, pretty elite. But uh, it's really good to see, you know. Uh, 35 or 6 or whatever he is, bloody coming back from an ACL in that league is uh, no small feat. I mean, everyone's talking, to, you know, if you're talking Aussies in the NBA, everyone's jumping up and down about 
um, young Josh Giddy, who's obviously going well. But yeah. I reckon it's really good to see what uh, what Joey Ingalls is doing, mate. And you're right, he could he could go all the way with the Bucks. They're um, yeah. they're in the, they're in with a chance. Yeah, they're flying they the Bucks. And the, the beautiful part about it, Grant, is you say, I mean. Josh Giddy's doing great stuff, but OKC aren't going to win it. So when it comes to the pointy end, which is the, a lot of the games that we watch, I mean, Joe, as a bit part player, can actually play a huge role. You're right. So it's good that he's come back from injury well. I appreciate your call, Grant. Call any time. Love a bit of, um, well, not left field, given it's NBA, but stuff that wouldn't have got to mention if you didn't take the time to dial the number. Thanks for jumping on. Um, Dwayne, if you retire at numbers, we need to use numbers up to 99. There won't be enough numbers left. Mick, as I said earlier, um, the way I'm talking about retiring numbers, you only retire it for your all-time greatest of your great. So you might retire one number every 100 years. That's all I'm talking about. If you retired numbers at Richmond, you would probably only have retired Jack Dyer's number right now. If you had retired numbers at Port, I think you would only have Russell Ebert's number seven retired right now. Another one in respect to Mark and the Limestone Coast thought of getting Paddy Ryder to come back to the club and list him. Um, Lockie saying, how about the Saints get Tony Lockett out of retirement as well? <laughs> Thanks for that, Lockie. Appreciate the text. Back with more after this. You're with Dwayne's well. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Big great day company for Dwayne's World. Another big hour still to come, so make sure you stick around. Quick update from the Australian Open. Max Purcell and Jordan Thompson, two Aussies have won their doubles match this morning, so they're through. Still to come a little bit later on, Stefanos Sissipas, the third seed, playing against Talon Grigspoor, Yannick Sinner, the 15th seed, to play Martin Fuksovic, and Igus Viatek, the number one seed in the women's draw, to play Christina Buch, so that's all to come. Also later, Coco Goff is in action, the seventh seed in the women's, uh, and a player that a lot of people are tipping to go pretty deep in this tournament. Tonight on Rod Laver Arena, Daniel Medvedev, the seventh seed, up against Sebastian Korda, the 29th seed. So good news there for those that are enjoying Daniel Medvedev's work, even if it is a little divisive, a little too divisive for some people's like. And next up, if you didn't hear this story earlier on when we were talking about it, Alex Dumanor has an unseated Benjamin Bonzi in the next round, and then maybe Novak Djokovic. And Djokovic might be vulnerable with that hamstring, so... It has opened up for Alex Dimonor big time, and it's also up, opened up for Alexi Popperin, who plays American Ben Shelton in the next round. Now, the fixturing, the draw, hasn't quite worked out just yet, so we'll find out exactly when those matches are scheduled. But Channel 9 and, I suppose, Tennis Australia has a big decision. Do they put Alex Dimonor on prime time? Do they put Alex Popperin on prime time? Uh, they've got the choice of either of the two. Uh, tomorrow night maybe prime time. So who is going to get the prime time spot? Have you got a thought on that? Would you rather watch Dimonor tomorrow night prime time or Popperin tomorrow night prime time? Uh, you can send a text through 0433981116. Plenty to, still to come, including Chris Newman from the Hawk. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to the program. Always great to have so many of your texts and your calls coming through. We'll head back to your calls very shortly. But former Richmond captain turned Hawthorne, or Box Hill coach for a little while, but Hawthorne assistant coach Chris Newman's been good enough to join me for a chat. The Hawks look pretty good on the track, they tell me. Uh, A couple of spies have been out there, including David King. So let's get it from a man who was in the middle of it, Chris Newman. Uh, Chris, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Firstly, I appreciate your time. 
Yeah, Dwayne, thanks for having me. How is your injuries looking at the moment? I hear that you had a pretty good squad on the track, you know, guys like Chanku Jath who are coming off injuries. You've got a couple of other guys like uh, Frosty's coming off, uh, I think, a small operation as well. How's your, your list looking? Yeah, the list looks pretty healthy at this point. We've got a, a couple of guys that, have, that didn't train fully yesterday, but um, we think we'll be filtering back into full training um, you know, sometime next week. Uh, so that that was Connor Nash and, and Josh Ward. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, we've done a pretty good job to, to manage some of these guys through, and we have had some players that have come come off sort of long term injuries and and some surgeries in the off season, but uh, given them given them plenty of time to recover. And right now, when we're starting to play some uh, some match practice and, and those types of full scale scale drills, it's, it's important to have a healthy list. And um, yeah, certainly going okay at this point. So Frosty's looking okay. Ned Reeves, shoulder Rico, he's okay as well. Yeah, yep. So been a bit of a slow process. I know that Frost last year was quite a slow sort of process for him, and uh, did a lot of work in rehab and, and required a lot of patience. Um, but he was one guy that, when I coached the defenders last year, he, he still wanted to stay involved and still wanted to show his his leadership qualities to um, to his teammates and um, and learned quite a bit when he was sitting out of the game. So he's. He's a real competitor, Frosty, and he's itching to, to get back into, um, you know, the gameplay and um, he's leading really well. And, and Reeves is the other one that's, um, yeah, he's working quite nicely with our with the rest of our rucks um, and competing for, for those spots. So, um, yeah, we look forward to getting both of those guys back in and, and competing. You mentioned you coached the defence last year. Have you moved to a higher portfolio this year, have you? <laughs> uh, I won't say a higher portfolio, but, yeah, I've got a bit of a different role this year of, I've coached the backs for the last three years and, um, yeah, I think for, for any assistant uh, to get a, a variety of, of roles and experience different um, challenges is, is really important and that was an important step for me. So to, to challenge the forwards is something a little bit foreign for me. I didn't, in my playing career, I certainly didn't play a lot um, in the forward half, but um, really enjoying the challenge. It really challenges my thinking and um, working with a, a new a new group is is always a, a good thing. So um, yeah, really enjoying my time and be nice to to try and create a few goals rather than trying to think about how to stop them. <laughs> so now that it's not your portfolio, how's your back six going to look? You got Jaff, who when he's flying is one of the most watchable and aggressive run players in the competition from defence. Um, you know, Day's got a huge future. Granger Barras, we didn't see much of last year. You mentioned Frosty's fit. Um, James Sicily will probably end up your captain. Um, how's the back line looking? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talent back there and um, they're a really great bunch to work with. They uh, create a, a lot of excitement. Uh, they play well for each other and uh, it's always a bit of a challenge week to week to see who, who fits where and, and trying to get the, the best match-up. Um, yeah, there's certainly certainly a few guys there that can hold down that key position. Uh, James Blank was another one last year that sort of mm. come across in the mid-season and um, competed against some of the best forwards in the competition. A really great learning year for him. Um, and then, obviously, you mentioned um, Chanquith. He's going really well. Sort of, <laughs> he is he is um, exciting to watch, and he's working really hard. He's he's got a uh, a strong engine, uh, great running power, reads the ball really well, and can create from that back half, which we which we really like. So, yeah, those boys are working well together. And um, Blake Hardwick is another one that's a, just a really reliable player there, and um, can play a, a multiple 
amount of roles. So, um, yeah, Kate Simpson is our, our new uh, defensive coach and backline coach and is doing a great job with, with his first stint here. And, um, yeah, you can see that they're creating a lot of rebound and, and, and great defence. So it's our challenge as forward line to, to go against those guys most weeks. So we're enjoying that, that little battle. So tell me who are your key forwards for round one then if you had a perfect world injury-free. Mitch Lewis, Jacob Kaczynski have been your guys for a while now, but you've got you've got the opportunity with Lloyd Meek joining the club to even rest him forward. How's your, what's your forward group going to look like then come round one? Yeah, we're working through that right now. We're sort of, as we play into, um, we have more match scale uh, type of drills. We'll um, give those guys an opportunity to put their hands up. Um, in previous years, yeah, Kaczynski and, and Lewis have held down those positions really well. And um, I think with Gunston leaving, going to, to Brisbane, it opens up an opportunity for someone to jump into that. And um, that's what we're looking to do now. We'll, we'll find out um, you know, who wants to put their hand up for, for any role um, as, a, as a key um, going forward. And um, as you mentioned, we've, we've got Lloyd Meek across who can play ruck and forward. Um, feel like Ned Rees and, and Max Lynch, Max Ramsden, also a young player that, that can, can show a little bit um, in our forward half. So, um, yeah, we feel like we've got some options now. That the, Looking forward to seeing those guys compete for, you know, not only the, um, their, their role within the ruck, but, you know, if we do play two rucks at any point, then, you know, potentially that could be an option for us. Do you think the two ruck thing's going to be something that, if clubs have got the firepower, like you might have with Reeves, and meet to play them both on the field. Melbourne obviously planned to do that with Grundy and Gorn. Oh, it gives you some flexibility, no doubt. It, um, yeah, we know we know about Grundy and Gorn, who can, um, you know, both really really strong ruckmen. But um, you know that I think that when you when you play two rucks, you probably have a decision to make whether you whether you play them off the bench or whether you do rest them forward. Um, it'd be interesting to see. But you know, they're always the always the a key target when they when they go forward, they attract a, a lot of attention. And um, you know, for those resting resting rucks that want to play forward, they um, you know all they need to do is stick their hand in the air most of the time. And um, if you put it to their advantage, they'll give you a great contest. So um, yeah, certainly it helps when you when you have some um, some flexibility around playing that ruck role and, and also being able to provide some option forward. Doesn't sound to me from your voice that that Lewis and Kaziski have those positions locked in. It sounds like preseason form will decide who plays where. Oh, we always want want those guys to compete. Um, both of those guys are training really well, um, competing really well. They get multiple opportunities playing against some some really good key defenders in in Frost and um, playing against James Sicily. Uh, we quite often have some um, marking competitions and one v ones and. Uh, the boys put their hand up to, to go against James because he's quite a good 1v1 uh, player, as we know. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really great competitive spirit that, that they've created in this preseason. And um, as I said, when we when we play some intra-club games, which will, which will be really soon, some 8 v 18 type scrimmage um, with some extended time, then, you know, we'll, we'll get to have a look to see how that, that forward half uh, shapes up. So when are you having an internal head out? And do you know who you're going to be able to test yourself against pre-season? Will you get a home the community series game here that fans can come to? Or are you playing in Tassie again? Yeah, I think there's a game in, in Tassie, Tassie that um, uh, I think we'll be playing Melbourne at some point. Don't exactly nice. know the details of that. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, you take out some of the, um, some of the drills that we do that are game-like that we've been doing 
you know, since pre-Christmas, uh, but a real breakdown type of drills, but now starting to form into, um, you know, some, some more match simulation, but, um, you know, probably not the same amount of, of game time, but that'll start ramping up within the next week or so. And, um, and then we'll, yeah, we'll look to, to play a, an internal and then um, look to play against a, an opposition team. Turn to Chris Newman, former Richmond captain turned Hawthorne assistant. Chris, um, mentioned uh, James Sicily. I presume you're not going to tell me he is captain or if it hasn't been announced yet or you don't know who it is. What's your process? How do you decide on the captain for this year? Well, I think the process is... Um, I think that's that's happening in the background. Uh, right now, we, I think, decide... Um, I'm not sure that there's a timeline on it, but obviously going into games... Um, relatively soon, then um, yeah, that that decision will be made. But um, what what we do like is there's been a, a lot of guys that have put their hand up and really developed in in that space. Um, not only this year and this preseason, but we feel like last year they made some some big gains in that in that area. So um, yeah, whatever that process may be, we feel like we've got quite a few candidates that could that could put their hand up, and um, I think that'll be sorted out um, quite soon. So you were a captain of Richmond. Are you a solo captain guy, or is dual captains an option? Um, well, I think if you, if you have the right people to do that, then um, you know that could be an option. But um, you know, I think I, I, from from my experience, I had um, I was captain. I had that title, but the, the guys around me were were also just important. So just as important. So. You know, having a, a really good, strong base of a group of leaders around you as captain, I think, is is really important. Sam Mitchell, new group, his group, and it seemed like last year you were trying to develop a Sam Mitchell style, and everybody had to kind of fit it. Whereas with some coaches, they come in and develop a style that the list might be best suited for. So, how's this evolution of playing Sam Mitchell style going? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's a um, it's a the type of game that we we want our supporters to to come and watch and, and get excited by. And I think if you look at, uh, at this year's draft, we've certainly um, added some, some real talent, some, some class on the, on the inside. And I think it, what they, some of these new guys that have come into our system, what they do bring is they've got a, a really strong work ethic. They're great characters and um, they show a lot of speed. They're really exciting to see some of these guys um, show their wares in, in some of our, our match play and, um, yeah, looking forward to to what they can bring to to our style. I mean, really, we're trying to to build on what we've what we started last year, and um, yeah, we'll, we as coaches we we get excited this time of year because we we get to see it um, put into practice. So, as a forward coach, do you want is speed and high risk uh, 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 the style in a nutshell? How, how would you describe your style? And I presume as a forward coach, you're pretty excited if it is going to get in there a little quicker. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, it'd be nice to get a, a bulk of entries going inside 50 and, and give us a, a plenty of opportunities to kick goals. Um, and that's, you know, we, we want to play a brand of footy, as I said, to um, to excite our fans. And, um, you know, we, we want them to come to the football and, and, you know, not only play a brand like that, but you know, we want to be we want to be quite um, sort of honest in the way we play also. So trying to get that balance with, with a young group is really, really exciting, to be honest. And... Um, yeah, feel like we've we've made some progress just in in this preseason and and trying to build on uh, what we've what we started last year. 
And one last quick one. I understand that draftee 18-year-old Josh Weddle won your time trial, which is not necessarily something, you know, a crazy big story because a lot of times we do see young guys come in and really set a standard with the way what they want to approach their career. But he's 192 centimetres, isn't he? And there's some clubs, you know, pre-season was always pretty big. You know, guys like old guys like Craig Bradley, Brett Ratton used to be almost impossible to beat around Princess Park in those days. They wouldn't let any young kid beat them. So he's 192 centimetres, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, good, he's a really good size. Um, you know, great runner, uh, shows a, a lot of speed. As I said before, great work ethic along with all the other draftees that have, that have come in that year. But, um, you know, he's, um, he's shown some things early on in the preseason and uh, really excited by, you know, the way he, he attacks the game. And, um, you know, one of those players, as you said, really good size and, and good endurance, could, could sort of fit in um, anywhere to any position to, you know, to suit the way we want to play. So, yeah, we feel like we've got some upside there and um, look forward to, for him to, to progress his journey. And where will Carl Amon play? Yeah, again, he, he he could give us some some flexibility. He's shown that um, you know he's he's a, he's a natural sort of talent. We know that he can he can use the ball very well, but an honest on an honest work rate, and um, he's fitted into the group really really well. Um, hasn't taken him long to form some some really good relationships, and um, has spent a, a bulk of his time in the midfield. So whether that's inside or, or outside. Um, feel like he's got some flexibility there, and as a full coach, I'm constantly trying to poach him, um, see if we can get his his, his talents um, to be used in the forward half. But I'm not sure of my chances there. Um, but yeah, yeah, really love what Carl's been able to bring so far, and um, you know he's 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 one of our more experienced players right now. Um, so it's great to to hear his voice out at training, and um, yeah, great to see him rolling around and, and using the footy the way we know we can. So you want your best kick kicking to your inside 50, is that the way you think that the modern game needs it as well? Yeah, well, I think it's quite a, um, a skill-based sort of game. I mean, you, you still have your element of that contested type of play and you need that. You need your ball winners to, to be able to give you some supply, but you also need some some really good ball users. But not not only that, the, the amount of pressure that the opposition can put on, the decision-making with ball in hand is, is just as important. So, yeah, we, we'd like to get the... Um, we'd like to get the ball into you know, user's hands as much as we can. And, um, yeah, if we can use the ball well, um, getting, um, getting some nice supply inside 50, as I said, that'll be great for some of our, our players to get on the, get on the end of and, and put a score on the board. You sound like you love it. How far away are you from putting your hand up for the senior jobs when they come around? <laughs> yeah, I, I am loving it. I mean, this... This is a great challenge for me, coaching the forwards and constantly learning. Um, some guys that have played that position, um, you know, I've, I've, I've sought their advice and some other coaches that um, have coached in the forward half, um, again, sort of sought their advice in what they look for and what they don't. But, um, yeah, I love my coaching journey. I've loved it so far. I've loved my time at Hawthorne and, um, you know, it's given me the opportunity to, to be able to not only coach Box Hill and my own team at some point, um, at one point, um, a few years ago, but um, to be able to coach the backs and have that experience there, but then to, to coach a new line is, is great for my development. So I want to be the best coach I can possibly be. And at that point, at this point right now, I, um, I've got so much more to learn and so much growth, I think, left in me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the, what the future holds. Exciting times. Chris, really appreciate the extended chat. So thanks for your time and uh, good luck with the season. No worries, Wayne. 
Cheers, mate. When you look at the list, it's actually, there's some good players on it. We'll take a break. Back to more of your calls after this on Dwayne's World. Bit of other news floating around. Uh, a lot of people are talking about why that match went so late last night. Andy Murray has blamed the flat balls as part of the reasoning. Slower matches because the balls aren't quite as, um, don't rocket like they have in previous Australian Opens. And it's been a 70-shot rally. So Andy Murray adding his weight toward the balls not quite being good enough at this open argument. Bryce McGain's been good enough to join us from Big Bash Nation. The quiz, thanks to Macca's last fan standing quiz, not far away, but a bit of Big Bash going on last night and it uh, was good to watch, but not for Renegades fans when that catch was put down by Farwood Ahmed, uh, just when the Renegades looked like they were a chance. But a couple of huge games coming up tonight and tomorrow, the Sixers v the Thunder, the All-Sydney Bash. Uh, Bryce McGain joins us. Welcome to you, Bryce. Great to have you on. G'day, Dwayne. Good to be catching up once again. Yeah, great to have you on. couple of, well, two games on today. Yeah, there are some important games. Every game's important now. It, it actually shapes uh, what lies ahead. And, uh, you know, the, the importance, I guess, of teams, unfortunately, as you mentioned, the Renegades unable to get the job done. And what it would do, should they have won last night, it nearly shuts the door on a number of teams. So, And it secures themselves. But they just haven't been able to land the knockout blow, I suppose, is the best way to put it. Um, which is a real shame for th- that situation. But the games tonight, Adelaide Strikers, they start at 4.30 this afternoon. They're playing the white-hot Perth Scorchers on the back of Aaron Hardy and uh, the rest of the team. Um, they look pretty dominant. So Adelaide, it's last chance saloon. They've only got two games to play, Dwayne. So it- it's-, it's do or die for the Strikers now. And then later on tonight, Brisbane Heat up at the Gabba hosting Hobart Hurricanes. So that's equally as important. Brisbane Heat, definitely last chance saloon. They've got three games. Both those teams have got three games. So once they wrap up this, they then have another two. But um, Brisbane just about need to look to win all three, I would suggest. Um, Hobart may be able to squeeze in on two. But for me, it's a a run to the top two um, with the Scorchers and also the Sixers. Stars are cooked. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Stars year again? A, a little underwhelming. I don't think they've been able to recover from the loss. And it's a big loss. We, we acknowledge that from the Stars, their captain, Glenn Maxwell. They just haven't been able to come up with a money ball solution that uh, that allows them to cover the all-round expertise of his captaincy, his fielding, his handy bowling, more than handy bowling, but, of course, his dynamic batting. And I think because of that, they were, they were just clutching at straws in different aspects of it. What it has unearthed, though, and I have been impressed with this part from the Stars, is is Larkin. I thought Larkin has played some incredible innings, and unfortunately against the Renegades the other night, he was left at the non-strikers end while everyone else tried to do his job, which is finish off the game. So uh, another situation where the Stars slipped on a banana peel and fell flat on their back when they should have uh, really just strolled in and won the game and shaken everyone's hands at the end of it. But uh, they, they find ways just a slip up. They've had some close losses but it's uh, it, it's really cost them over the whole tournament. Smith v Warner tomorrow? That's pretty awesome. Worth watching and I bet there will be lots of eyeballs on that one. Mm. Uh, a lot of people want to see how it's going. Warner gave a little taste of what he's capable of last night when the Thunder got the job done uh, in Canberra and he, he started quite dynamically uh, and of course Smith I think he's got a point to prove. It looks like he's playing with a bit of a mission, 
because he didn't get much of a run in the World Cup T20 squad. He wants to prove, I think, to everyone around, hey, I'm still really valuable and I'm, I'm the real deal. Don't count me out of T20 calculations anywhere in the future. Yeah, and I can't see him trying to, you know, play a run of ball innings because it'll just play to the stereotype. So the fact that he, what, made a, what, 102 in, what was it, 60 or something like that, kind of yeah. gives us an indication he's going to try and keep ramming home that point. Well, I think, it, and the Sixers knew that, and I, this is the astute part of having really experienced coaches, is that um, I have no doubt Greg Shipper would have sat with him and said, what, what, what do you want to do here? And it was, no, I need to show that I'm a bit more dynamic because it was the roles that he was playing, which were more of the run a ball, knock it round, finish the game. It was a different role that he needed to play in that Australian team and in, mm-hmm. in the lead-up games and things like that, where he does have this overdrive gear and it was so pleasing to see. And the, the freedom with which he played, he, he, he played with a, a chip on one shoulder, but a big grin on his face as well. And I'm sure it would be it would have been a really satisfying night for him. And um, I think it just reminds us all that he's pretty capable, that guy. And most people predicting a Scorchers Sixers grand final, but um, is there an upset brewing? Is there any team that can threaten them? It's hard to look past them. I've got to be honest with you, Dwayne. It's hard to yep. look past their form. The Sixers' form of late has been rock solid. They've won four straight, and they look the business. And anyone that upsets the Scorchers end up paying the second time round, and they've really done the job. They've flexed on a number of teams and just blown them away. When the Hobart Hurricanes thought, hey, we're a chance here. We've, we've made a competitive total of 150 just a few nights ago. We've got two early wickets. Meredith is menacing. We're a big show here. And then they just go and finish the game. Aaron Hardy is just outstanding. He's having a, a big bash to remember. He'll be in the all-star team, of course, when they announce that at the end. He's been completely dominant. Taking over Mitch Marsh's role, who's out of that team, injured, batting at three and with his handy overs as well. He just steps in there. It's absolutely seamless for the Scorchers. Look, uh, may I'd love the Renegades to give it a bit of a shake, but... They're, unfortunately, their performance is just a bit lumpy. The other teams just have so many experienced players, and that's what the Big Bash is about. It's about dynamic, experienced guys that know their role and execute under pressure. It sounds pretty simple, but uh, I can assure you it's a lot tougher than that. <laughs> Which opens up the question to finish with, do you think we'll get a situation where the Aussie players are in an open draft? They'll be grabbable you know, under a, a bidding system? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think it might appeal to the, the franchises more than what it does, what they tried to do with the international one. The Perth mm. Scorchers, of course, passing on their first choice. They just said, no, we don't have anyone in that international list that's any better than what we got. Why would we bother spending all that money on someone else? So yeah. it, it just goes to show where some of these franchises are at. Other franchises jump in and, and were certainly part of it. I just think it's got to be a two-week open window it's going to get busy. I think there's got to be at least four or five big bash games. And I think it just brings a level of excitement. The quality comes to the fore of the Australian guys. And, and certainly if there are some international players amongst that, then so be it. But I think big bash is better when all the Australian players are available. Um, so maybe that is through a draft, just to share that, share it around a little bit more. Um, that's not a bad call. But maybe the, the big bash rules can have this allocation of test players that can slide back in because we had a ridiculous situation you might remember last year Dwayne that Mm, Steve Smith wanted to play but he wasn't allowed to because the rules and they tried to 
query it and challenge it and say, well, look, he's on our list, but he opened up so someone else could get a game when he was on Australian duties and it became a bit farcical. So maybe there's a way that we can just open it up for Australian representation to come in because Big Bash is awesome when they're available. Bryce, great to have you on. I really appreciate you making yourself available. Good calling. It's back on SEN, the Big Bash. So uh, can't wait to hear more of you, Bryce. We'll talk soon. Good on you, Dwayne. Great to catch up. Have a ripper evening. Bryce McGain joining us from Big Bash Nation, a double tonight and then the big one tomorrow, Sixers and Thunder. More track reports coming through after our text earlier on telling us that Max Gorn had torn a hamstring. Another one here, Elijah Sardis has injured his knee at Essendon too. Couchy and Watsonia, thanks for that, Couchy. Hope that's not too serious, that little worry. And another one here, Pipe, listening to you while watching Frio Dockers match Sim. It's Jackson, Sarong, Amira, Erasmus, V. Darcy, Brayshaw, Brody, Johnson, midfield depth, Brendan in Bull Creek. Thanks for that, Brendan, for the update as well. Keep your calls and texts coming, but it's time for the quiz after this break. Together with Maccas, giving you and a mate a chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v. Australia in Feb. All thanks to Maccas, all you have to do is be crowned last fan standing on Monday, January 30, and we'll give you a chance to be there on January 30 after this. one 736 736 Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Last fan standing, thanks to Maccas. Last fan standing quiz time, thanks to Maccas, giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India v Australia in Feb. Thanks to Maccas, all you have to do is be crowned last fan standing each weekday in summer breakfast and Dwayne's World. We'll give 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly, you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. We'll take the next caller. And the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win on Monday, January 30. Everyone who has won across the last couple of weeks will have the chance to win with summer breakfast. Another 11 questions. And if you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned the last fan standing and win. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium five-star accommodation. A sports lunch with the SEN commentary team. Corporate hospitality at the cricket and a thousand dollars spending money thanks to Maccas. Let's get it on the way. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number, and we'll start with Josh in Bentley. Welcome to you, Josh. G'day, Pipe. Ready to roll? Yeah, mate. Who? Which Australian is the number one Test batsman in the world right now? Uh, Manus Labuschagne. Who is the number one Test bowler? In the world right now. Any clues? <laughs> no, that's all you got. Uh, I'll go Pat Cummins. Congratulations to you. Australia is third, England second. Who's the number one ODI team in the world right now? Australia third, England second. Who's number one? Uh, India. Thanks for your call. Glenn in Melton. Welcome to you, Glenn. How are you, Pipe? Good, thank you. Who is third? New Zealand, I think. Sorry, who is uh, the number one team? Yes, New Zealand is number one. Australia third, England second. Who is the number one ODI team in the world? New Zealand is correct. Uh, Question four. Name the Australian in fifth place in the Test All-Rounder rankings. Which Aussie is fifth in the World Test All-Rounder rankings? That's to be Cameron Green. Thanks for your call. Conrad in Glen Waverley. 
Welcome to you, Conrad. Yeah, good day, Dwayne. Who was it? Can you repeat that question again? Was it the all-rounder for Australia? Yeah, name the Australian in the fifth place in the Test all-rounder rankings. I have to go uh, Ashton Agar. Thanks for your call. Clint in Ballarat. Have you got an answer to this one? Clint, welcome to you. G'day. How you going, Dwayne? Good, thank you. Who is it? Uh, I'm going to go... Sorry, can I have the question again? Name the Australian in fifth place in the Test All-Rounder rankings. David Warner. Thank you. Phil in Doreen. Have you got an answer for this one, Phil? Yeah, Cam Green. Thank you, Phil. John in Wooddale. Woodvale. Welcome to you, John. How you going, mate? Hello. Have you got an answer? Yeah, who is the Australian in oh, fifth yeah, place? Me... In the... Yeah, Mitchell Who is it? Mitchell nice work. Yeah, yeah nice work. Um, question number five. Where will the final of the World Test Championship be played in 2023? What ground in England? Thank you. Adam in Adelaide. You there, Adam? Where will it be played? Yeah, World yes, Test Championship. Yep. Yeah, where will it be played? Uh, the Oval. Well done to you. Question six. Um, who did New Zealand defeat in the final of the 2021 World Test Championship? India. Thank you very much for your answer. Okay, question... Uh, who are we up to? We have to question... Eight, I think we are. I better check on this. Let me get back to you, Adam. Hold the line. I better check which question we're up to. to get this right. Back after the break for the quiz continuation on Dwayne's World. <laughs> Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Oh, I'm glad I checked that. Back to the quiz. Adam in Adelaide, you there? You still ready to roll, Adam? No worries, Dwayne. All right, question number seven. Uh, India is second, Sri Lanka third in the World Test Championship rankings. Which country is number one right now? Question seven. I reckon it's Australia. Correct. Question number eight. True or false, Todd Murphy is in Australia's test squad for India. True. Well done. Mitch Stark, question number nine. Mitch Stark is on track to miss the first test match in India with an injury to which part of his body? I think it's his finger. Well done to you. Question 10. Matthew Who was player of the match in the BBL win. Stunder v Renegades last night was 74 not out. Wade? Thanks for your call. Brendan in Preston. Welcome to you, Brendan. You're in the box seat now. Question 10. Matthew Who, player of the match, BBA win last night over the Renegade. 74, not out. Are you there, Brendan? Yep. Matthew Root. Ben in Perth. Welcome to you, Ben. Matthew Who. You there? Yep. Uh, Matty Gilks. Well done to you. Question 11. This is for 
you to be last fan standing today. Which renegade dropped Matthew Jilks? Forward army. Well done to you, Ben. You answer question 11. Gee, I'm glad I got it. question 11, not question 10 or question 12. Uh, you are our last fan standing today. And you are still a chance to be our last fan standing on Monday, January 30. Everyone who's won across the last couple of weeks will have the chance to win with summer breakfast. Another 11 questions. If you get the 11th question correct, you'll be crowned last. Fan standing and win. Flights for you and a mate to Delhi. Five nights premium, five-star accommodation. Here to attend a sports luncheon with SEN's commentary team. So Gerard Wadley, Adam Collins are heading over for the commentary. I think Simon O'Donnell's put his hand up to go. So you might even be there with Simon O'Donnell. So it's going to be a fantastic trip. It's corporate hospitality at the cricket as well. So you'll get to sit in comfort and have beautiful lounge seats, I'm sure. And $1,000 spending money, and it's all thanks to Maccas, and it continues next week. So each weekday, summer breakfast down on Dwayne's World, we'll give you 11 cricket questions. Answer correctly. You keep going incorrect, you're out, and we'll continue to take the next caller. The last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win. Thanks for your call. Hold the line. We'll let you know what we're going to do with you to have you go on to that summer breakfast finale. Quite a few texts have come through in the meantime talking about training sessions today. One here, we had a text earlier on, if you didn't hear the news, that Max Gorn has torn a hamstring and he'll go off for scans. That story's been confirmed on various websites as well. So not good news there for Melbourne fans with Max Gorn tearing a hamstring. We had a report on the text that Elijah Sardis, bomber young gun, had torn a hamstring. And another one here from Steve. Now Rory Lobb has pinged a string pipe. So, uh, yeah, I hope you're not right, but uh, I'll take it that you are, and Rory Lobb might be in a bit of trouble after Bulldog training today. Another one here on the text, dear Dwayne, dear Dwayne, uh, the lack of ruck, ruck options at St Kilda is the perfect opportunity to blood Max Heath, get games in him and develop him, please, at St Kilda. Joey from Bensdale, thanks for your text, Joey. It will be interesting. That's on the back of a caller earlier on. Mark from the Limestone Coast talking about whether Paddy Ryder should be added back to the list as an extra bit of insurance given that the Saints ruck stocks if um, Rowan Marshall goes down are a little thin but obviously they've uh, they've got the belief they have a couple of young guys on their list that can fill that void but it's a pretty big void if Rowan Marshall goes down so uh, appreciate your text as well. A couple of texts on the big bash coverage on SEN as well. It is back so Bryce McGain's going to be part of it but it will be back, the Big Bash coverage, which is great. So if you want to listen to that over the weekend, it will be back on your radio. All the updates from the Australian Open today have been brought to us by Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. And make sure you put that number in your phone as well to join us for Midday Madness next week. Thanks to Kia. Worryby Kia, they'd love to see you. If you're in the market for a new or used car, drop down to Worryby Kia and say hello to David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the whole team at Werribee Kia. Got a huge used car stock as well as a massive new car stock. They're getting new car stock in every day. So if you check out their range online or drop in and see the team, they'd love to see you. Put that number in your phone, that Werribee Kia open line, and join me for Midday Madness next week. one 736 736 that open line number. And put the text number in your phone as well so you can send through a text anytime. 0433981116, the text number. Thanks to 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, Consumer's Choice winner, Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. 
Thanks again to everyone who took the time to text and call today. I'm back for more Dwayne's Water Midday Madness on Monday, so I can't wait for your company then. If you want to have a listen back to any of the chats that we had this week on the program, uh, Kingy, David King, was on earlier from North Melbourne Training, talked about the fact that he thinks Jai Simpkin should be North Melbourne captain and he thinks James Sicily should be Hawthorne captain. If you want to have a listen back to that interview, it's there on the podcast. Chris Newman, the chat with Chris Newman, Hawthorne assistant coach, also there on the podcast. You can check it all out, individual interviews, or the whole show any day this week. Catch you Monday. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy your weekend.